Comic Book Characters is an uncensored podcast. You can follow the Comic Book Characters podcast on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash neilbeforepod. We're also on Twitter at Twitter handle cbcharacters. And you can also email us at cbcharacters at gmail.com. Two, one, let's jam! All right, it is your friendly neighborhood podcaster, Alfred, recording live and in person from Baintown, Boston, Massachusetts. My main man, my brother from another mother. Oh man! The president and CEO of Snark Industries, the That's invincible, right. invisible Ignacio. How are you doing, sir? Not. Oh wait, I was about to make I was about to say a spoiler thing. I can't. I can't. I can't do it. Uh, I'm doing great, man. I'm so happy that you're here live and in person. This, this is the second time we've ever done this. Yeah. You came to Boston. You, last time you came down to Texas. That's right. Got some steaks. We got some steaks. I don't remember what the episode was about, but we had a good time. Yeah. This this whole trip kind of was revolved around Civil War. Not that you wouldn't have come visit. But you were like, hey, I want to come visit. Why don't I try to schedule this so that we can see Civil War together? Yeah. Which is crazy that we actually got to do we that. We made it happen. It we happened made last it night. happen. We got to see the biggest, probably, superhero movie of the year, maybe ever. And that's saying a lot. Maybe this ever. year, especially. Or any time. Yeah. This movie, um, obviously, is the big news item of the week. And this is going to be a full Avengers. Oh, geez. You know what? It should be called Avengers. It should have been Avengers Civil but War. But it's actually Captain America Civil War. Uh, we're going to just talk about that movie for this episode. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, but we don't want to scare everyone off who hasn't seen the movie. So we're going to go spoiler free for the first, I don't know how long, maybe half of the show. Yeah, maybe 20, 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Uh, we'll try to go 20 minutes without spoiling anything uh, so that you guys don't have to turn this off because we want you guys to to listen to what we have to say and also get you excited about the movie and hear what you guys have to say. The second half of the show, we'll, we'll dive into spoilers and really get into what we did like and, and yeah. some of the things we maybe weren't crazy about. Yeah. Uh, and but, then also the post-cred sequences. And the post-cred we'll sequences we that. could talk about. But uh, we'll start off spoiler-free yeah. and just get kind of our overall impressions of the movie you want to you want to kick us off here, man? What I mean, I don't think anyone's going to be surprised to hear that you were geeking out over this thing. Yeah. Like, what? How, how did you feel about the movie? So, my my biggest not concern concern isn't the right word. My biggest question mark for this film was, what's Spidey going to be like? Mm-hmm. What's Peter going to be like if we see Peter outside of the costume? And exactly what is Spidey's role? How much are we going to see? And, I mean, I just gotta say, I ten out of ten would do again. Like, oh wow! It was nice. More than anything, I mean, as great as Spidey is in this, and we'll definitely get more into this on the spoiler side of this pod. The casting of Tom Holland as Peter Parker is so spot on and so true to the character in a way that Warner Brothers could only dream they could do with Superman. 
Yeah. And uh, I'm not trying to. I am. I actually am throwing some bombs towards yeah, Warner Brothers DC's long. way. But yeah, we're not even five minutes in. Yeah. It's already there. But that just goes to show you, like they they put a lot of effort into this casting search. For sure. I mean, for a while we had Butters Butterfields <laughs> yeah. as a potential uh, Peter Parker, and they decided to go with Holland and. You know, nobody even really knows who Holland is at this point. They're going to know now. Yeah. Um, just, I know that's not all this movie was. Clearly, it's a Captain America film. But for me personally, that was the biggest question mark. And just a giant green check mark in that box. Yeah. They couldn't have done it. I I like to try to think of ways that I would have done something differently whenever I look at movies. Especially movies that I'm really excited about. I couldn't think of a better way to do it than what they did. I I was, it was just fine. It was just perfect. Would the you way have had his eyes squint more, maybe? Maybe some more squinting. Yeah, I thought there was gonna be more squinting. More squinting, more thwipping. There was a lot of thwipping, but there's. This isn't much of a spoiler, but the the credit or the the trailer where he shows up and does the squinty eyes and says, "Hey everyone," that's not in the movie. He does say, "Hey everyone," but it's not. That shot is not in the movie. It's though. different though. Um, I don't think it is. No, it is. Really? It is. Okay. It, but they, but it's out of sequence. Like yeah. they did. That's the other thing, and we can talk about this a little more in depth, I guess, later. They Marvel did a great job with the trailer in changing up some of the audio. It doesn't match the video of what we see in the trailer. Yeah. When you see the film. There, there are scenes that you see, but the audio that you see in the trailer isn't actually what happens. Right. And they're really smart about it because they made it fit in the trailer. Yeah. And it's not like they... And the trailers really don't spoil anything. Yeah, it's not as like... As much as they show in the trailers, Yeah. there's nothing felt spoiled to me. Nope. Like it did with BVS, where I felt like they gave away a little too much. Yeah, with the with the Doomsday thing and yeah. Wonder Woman. But, uh, okay, and then beyond that, I mean, yeah, the movie was fun. The movie was a great time. Um... You know, it kicks off with a pretty big action piece, and it's done well. It, you know, they have to set a bunch of stuff up, so it's a little slow in the first act, if anything. But but then, really, like, after the first act, once it hits act two and on, it's just go, go, go. And there's just so much. And there's so much humor and levity in just the right places for this film, which is... Warner Brothers, take notes, please. <laughs> yeah. It's really hard to not compare this to Batman vs. Superman because they came out really, you know, not too long like from each other, not too far away, away from each other. Half, yeah. They're similar concepts, right? You have two kind of good guys going up against each other. In this case, it's Iron Man versus Captain America, but you have the added bonus of all these other characters who were involved. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, whereas BBS was this very dark and serious and somber and kind of earnest take on the superhero genre. This is just like pure fun. This is the complete opposite. It's like the completely opposite yeah. end of the spectrum. And I I I just had I just had a blast watching this thing. I, I turned to you a couple times and was like, is this even happening? Is this yeah. even a real fucking movie? Yeah, like, it's like a dream. I can't believe this is happening. It's like yeah. a dream. It is literally like a fanboy's dream come true. And one thing you just said that really, really hit something home for me is that BVS, and even, even Zack Snyder had said that he wanted BVS to be a study of the psychology of what it is to be a superhero. And I get that. And that's a difficult thing to do. I mean, anyway, like kudos to him for trying, I guess. Because that's not something that I think is easily, something you could easily tackle in a in a summer film like that. Right. 
But I think with Civil War, they didn't, it wasn't so much about the psychology, even when it boils down to the different ideologies between Iron Man and Captain America. This was a movie more about emotion, mm-hmm. the human emotion about what drives your actions and why you do what you do. Right. Ultimately. And, and that's just such a different tone and take. It's still very heavy, and there are definitely scenes in this film that are just as as heavy and as nuanced as anything in BVS, for sure. But there's a lot of humor, because the gamut of human emotion is not just, I'm sad. Like, it's not just <laughs> this thing where it's somber and dark and depressing all the time. Yeah. You go you go everywhere. You go happy. You go, you go confident. You go victorious. You go downtrodden. You go sad. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's all of it. But... You know, something I know that you were really excited about was the other new character that got introduced yeah. in Civil War, which was Black Panther. So what what are your non-spoiler thoughts on the introduction of that character into the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Yeah, I think a lot of people were probably excited about this movie for many reasons, but, but two of the big ones were the introduction of Spider-Man into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, especially with the promise of it being a kind of newer, more, more, um, what's the word? Uh, juvenile? No, more juvenile, but also uh, um, true to the comics um, mm-hmm. take on Spider-Man. Uh, but also the other guy who was actually introduced earlier on in the trailers, and I think maybe took a back seat after all the Spidey mania that happened, was Black Panther. Um and Black Panther's never a character that I necessarily followed too much in the comics. Right. But I was still super jazzed to see what they were going to do with it. I was excited about the fact that Ryan Coogler is going to be directing the standalone movie yeah. um, with him. So I knew that they were going to do something with that character going forward. Um, but I thought they I thought they nailed it with him, man. I thought he was so good. And like the, the actor, I thought, killed it. Uh, is it Bozeman? Is that his yeah. last name? Um, you know, he, he's a very kind of stoic guy and... Um, you know, I think he's what does that make you laugh? No, no, no. But it's funny when you said that he's stoic, and this is not this is not a knock on him or the character or the way they wrote the character at all. But it reminded me, and it just hit me right now. It kind of reminded me of Lion King, <laughs> right? Like, you know, but kind of like that. There's there is that air of regalness to it. Yeah, right. And, and yeah, he's a king, right? And he's supposed to be a king and a yeah. prince, whatever. And a prince, right? And uh, so. You know, I don't know. It just reminded me of Lion King, but people have very um, fond memory of Lion King. So mm. if you if you can if you can bring that into people's consciousness, I kind of feel like it did a little bit. Yeah. Um, because because in this movie you also you also meet uh, T'Challa's father, uh, T'Chaka. I think is his name. T'Chaka the, is his, is his Let's father. Let's go with that. Uh, I could be wrong about that. I have to see it like nine more times. Clearly. <laughs> um. But there's a little bit of like you know Mufasa Simba action yeah. there a little right. bit. Um, I didn't mean to go on this weird Lion King uh, <laughs> the Lion King podcast. Tangent, but um, you know the other thing about about Black Panther this is what I told you after like directly right after the film was that you're right in the comics this is a C or B level character for the most part at yeah. best. But in just this film, in just introducing him, much like Wonder Woman in the BVS movie. But just introducing him here and what they do with him, bam, he's right up there with everyone else. Yeah. He's immediately on par, shoulder to shoulder with Captain America. 
with Iron Man with Thor. Right. Like well, he's right up there. That's the cool thing about what what Marvel has done is that like they've created such a great universe that as soon as you introduce someone and you see that they can hang with the top guys, it kind of makes them in a way. Right. You know what I mean? He's like it's a wrestling like, thing again. They're like but, a yeah. made man kind yeah. of like because yeah. they can hang with these dudes. So it's like all of a sudden it's like the mafia. It is kind of. <laughs> it little, is a bit like the mafia. The Marvel mafia. It's the Marvel mafia. So like you, all of a sudden, like these guys have total credibility. You're like, okay, yeah, Black Panther can totally fit in this group. Like yeah. he can hang with these guys for sure. Um, but outside of what I thought of just the character, um, and this is just kind of basic. But when it comes to comic book movies, you want to see cool action, and Black Panther is just fucking cool, man. Like when he was actually in the action scenes, he was great. Yeah, he would look awesome out there, and yeah. like he, like all the like. And you brought it up too, like they tried to kind of make him move a lot, like, like a like a panther or like a cat, right. um, and and it worked, man. Like they just they nailed it with it with him, like he, just his movements and like all the action scenes with him, I thought worked really well. Yeah, uh, they did. They really did. And the Russo brothers deserve all the credit in the world. I mean, just from a character standpoint, just from an, a character standpoint in terms of the action. Dealing with all of these characters, that in itself was going to be a difficult thing to pull off. Yeah, for sure. Not 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 taking into account the emotional arcs of the characters, bringing in totally new characters that have never been introduced, giving yeah. them backstory. It's insane that just from a movie standpoint that they pulled off as much as they did. Um, now, that, that being said, there were a few things... That um, that Marvel kind of tends to suffer from as a whole as a, as a film studio that we've talked about before, that um, you know in a film with so many great and positive things and clearly Ig and I really enjoyed this movie, um, but there were things that weren't as quite on par as some of the other stuff. Now you know you and I have talked about Marvel's villain problem where they don't. <clears throat> You know, they have these really dynamic heroes, but sometimes the villains don't, you know, they just don't measure up. We've got Loki, of course, who's great. Ronan, meh, you know, not terrible, but... No one's, but no one's nowhere near where Joker is, for example, right. for DC. Right, I think Loki's the closest, and even then it's right. not that close. Um, in, this, in this movie, we've got Zemo, right? Baron Zemo, or Helmet Zemo, I think that's what they call him. Um, that's not a spoiler, but like... Um, now it's kind of interesting what they do with that character, but ultimately, do you feel that, that in this movie, they've, they found another, uh, another so-so villain, or do you think maybe there's something here to work with? Or, or, I mean, in terms of comparing him in this film to other villains in other of the Marvel films, do you think it's more the same? I think it's, uh, it's also kind of hard to answer this without getting into spoilers. Right. But um, I, I continue to think that Marvel does suffer from a villain problem. And I don't, I don't think Baron Zemo solves that. Yeah. I, I, I think what they do with him in this movie actually is pretty smart. And, um, and I think... It's hard to really judge him compared to other villains because I feel like his role is a little different without spoiling anything. Right. Um, so it's hard to say, but I don't. I don't necessarily see him as like, oh, this is the guy who's going to change things. I don't. I don't necessarily even see him as a guy who's going to have a huge impact in the in the MCU. You right. know what I mean? Right. Like I still think Marvel's looking for their their big villain, and I think it could be Thanos. You know, I think he could really be the guy who. Right. Changes things, but Thanos is just so out there. 
It's and it's also kind it's of far so away. So fucking out there. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's not like the Joker, which is like a crazy guy who yeah. like is easy to explain. Yeah. Thanos is like really hard to explain to someone who doesn't know anything about it. Yeah. Him. I tried to do that once. Right. And I tried to do it like in a concise, like as good as I could way, like in five minutes. Nothing. Like the person I told was just like they just like shrugged at me. And I was just like, Yeah, you know what? That yeah, that doesn't really make sense. I you'll just have to see it when it happens. Um so one of the, let's let's take a moment and talk about what I feel like were some surprises without going into spoilers, of course, but some of some of the surprise, uh, not character, well, not necessarily their surprise characters because we knew they were in the film, but just how well they were utilized in yeah. this film, and at the top of that list with a bullet with with little ant legs running <laughs> alongside to me, and I think you agree, yeah, Ant Man, Paul Rudd. As Scott Lang, Ant Man. I mean, in a film where I was so excited about Spidey and really loved everything about Spidey, Ant Man kind of stole the movie a little bit. I agree. Um, I, I think so. Yeah. He. I, I. I came away thinking like he. He came across the best out of everyone. Uh, I. I just think Paul Rudd especially just fuck just nailed every scene. It, He's he, so good. He is so awesome, and it's like it's funny. We mentioned this on the show before. This is such a big movie franchise that they didn't even use this guy to market the movie. And Paul Rudd's a big movie star. He's like he's made a ton of movies. Yeah, and made a lot and of he's successful, super likable, ones. And very likable. Audiences love him. Kind of one of those rare guys who is equally like loved by women, and you know, I don't actually know if he's huge in the gay community. Maybe he is. Um, and and also by like just heterosexual guys yeah. who just like thinks he's hilarious yeah. and like love everything about funny. him. He's, he's just... like a Chris Pratt in that way, and that he's yeah. got this like broad appeal, uh, and he nails it. He's just so good in this. He's so good. He's so funny. And like to go back to your point, this movie has a lot of humor in it. Yeah. And it's why we keep comparing it to BVS because it is the antithesis to that movie. Yeah. There's so many great funny lines. I found myself laughing out loud multiple times in this movie. Definitely. As if it was like a comedy, basically. Yeah. And it's not. It's not a comedy, but but yeah. it almost plays like it sometimes because there's just so many good comedic actors in this movie yeah. that sell these lines and make you make you also relate to them and and laugh at their jokes and it's just it's just so much more levity to this film yeah, which i really love you know and i'll talk definitely we'll talk more about ant-man in the spoiler side of it because there's just a lot to talk about but but then even beyond him you have kind of the bucky and falcon sam wilson stuff yeah which is peppered in there right. and it's real funny because like they don't spend a lot of time it's just these little beats these little moments but you kind of see like how bucky's cap's friend and falcon's cap's friend right and like what does that mean in terms of their relationship and how right. they work and that's it's just little stuff like that where you're really building on the emotion of these characters and mackie does a fantastic job you know like everyone gets their moment it, like i mean it, black it, widow is great I mean, we it doesn't matter which though. character you're a fan of they get their moments in yeah, this movie vision vision for I mean, sure we haven't even, the, the best dressed superhero in all the land oh, hands down we're not going to um, acquiesce to that at all. We that is a hundred percent accurate. And that's not a spoiler because that those images have come out before the movie. Yeah. Of Vision in like a nice button-up shirt with like a cashmere sweater, sweater on, like slacks. A, I think he might have a tie. I think like an ascot. Yeah. Yeah. Looks. I mean, I, ascot maybe is a little too much, but it's, but it's just oof. fly. He looks so good. So good. Yeah. 
for someone who doesn't, for someone who is not human, I mean, he gets he gets hearts racing. With this amazing dapper. You know what's funny? I woke up this morning yeah. and like I was scrolling through my Facebook feed. Yeah. One of the stories I found was like a costume designer for the movie. Yeah. And she was describing like how they came up with the with the looks for vision. Yeah. And like they said they went with like a Cary Grant type look. There like you a go. Classical there you go. 50s look. Yeah. And it's awesome. They yeah. said that and she said that initially they had the idea to have him in like almost like and I started laughing when I read this, like, um, Basically, like sweats, like sweatpants, and like a sweatshirt, yeah. and like that would look ridiculous. Yeah, I'm really glad they didn't go. It's like he just way. came back from like a basketball game or something. <laughs> I, I love the fact that they made him like this, like proper kind of like guy. He's yeah. just like he's just like trying to be be normal, you know, like a normal human, and yeah. he's like taking taking his his uh, his cues from Cary Grant. I mean, you can do worse than that. Definitely, yeah, you can definitely do worse than that. Um, so good. Uh. You know, the I guess one thing I will say um, is that the music is good. The score is good. Uh, I feel like, honestly, and I'll give this to BVS. I feel like the BVS score was a little more impactful, yeah. a little more memorable than the score for Civil War. Uh, I mean, that's kind of nitpicking at this point. I think you're right, though. BVS, if you're going to if you're going to come if you're going to try to compare them, I think BVS wins in the visual audio department. Yeah. Right? I think it's fair to say. Yeah. I mean, Civil War, Captain America Civil War is a cool movie. There's a lot of great action sequences, but it doesn't necessarily have the same kind of aesthetic as something like BBS, yeah. which is Zack Snyder's forte. Right. And of course, and he's good at that. That's yeah. not to say that cinematography, you know, uh, in terms of cinematography, that this film is lacking. No. It's not. Um, the Rooster Brothers do some really, really great uh, yeah. fighting sequences. It just doesn't have know. a characteristic visual style necessarily. Yeah, the way Snyder does. Yeah. Um, all right. I mean, is there anything else non-spoiler? Side oh, we hit twenty want? minutes. Yeah, we can do transition. You, do you want it? Let's just go. Okay. So spoilers now. Spoilers from this point on. If you haven't seen the film, go see it. You're gonna go see it. Go see it. You're gonna see it. Then come back. Hit it right at about the twenty-one minute mark. Yeah. And bam, we'll be here to chat with you guys. In your minds. So it's spoiler time, guys. So from here on out, it's spoilers. Um, can't believe Tony Stark died. <laughs> Man, you know, I never would have suspected Steve Rogers for a murder-suicide. Me neither. Type of situation. Hari it was Kari. a really yeah. weird thing for Marvel to pull off. Yeah, and I thought to introduce Spider-Man and then to have him get eaten by Fing Fang Foom at the end, yeah. that was weird. Talk about an end second credit sequence that, that was not expecting and literally broke my heart no okay, of course of we're kidding are... none of that is true um but let's let's talk about it okay so golly i don't even know where to start oh i know where to start let's talk about the the literal biggest thing oh and god maybe the coolest thing in the whole film yes uh which is ant-man scott lang paul rudd Pulling out his bag of tricks. Yeah. Going big or going home, he becomes this giant man. So cool. And it's so great the way they do it. What's great is that it was, you know, there was a whole Ant-Man movie where there was an opportunity to introduce that element, and they didn't. Yeah. So it kind of swerves the audience where they're thinking, like, okay, they're just going to go with the Ant-Man version of it. Or small, just yeah. stuff you can't see him. So, so, like, it was the last thing on my mind. I did not think they were going here at all. They also kept it completely under wraps. It was in none of the trailers. No yeah. one... There really wasn't any talk about this happening. Yeah. And then in the middle of 
the the maybe the coolest sequence in comic book hero comic book movie history at this point yeah the the airport the, the airport fight Jeez. which involves 10 superheroes marvel superheroes some of the biggest names in the game fighting each other that lasts i don't know 20 minutes it's, it's just it's, one of the coolest sequences i've ever seen just yeah. like nerdgasm after nerdgasm yeah. after nerdgasm and the thing is unlike the uh, the superman batman fight which i felt was too short mm-hmm. This one, I kept getting worried, like, oh, it's going to end soon. Oh, it's going to end soon. And then it didn't. It just kept going. Like, once I once he turned into Giant Man, I'm like, oh, it's going to end soon. No, it kept going and going and going, and there's so much. Um, but there's, there's, you know, there's all this humor. Even in the fighting, there's little bits of humor with, like, vision yeah, going into Giant Man and God, and, this is like my favorite part of the whole movie. I think it's my favorite part too, He's, where it's literally Ant Man going like, "Someone just went through me." Yeah, he like super panicked. <laughs> he was not prepared for my this. My favorite line in the entire film. Which, you and I both lost our shit. When yeah, we, we. Yeah, I think we might have missed something because we were just like, "Let's <laughs> But you know, and this is I think you and I. The reason one of the reasons why we like Paul Rudd's Ant Man so much is that I kind of feel like that's just the regular person. Right. If they were thrown into this situation and magically became a superhero and really weren't prepared for it. Yeah. And and they're just like trying to figure out their way around it. You know, like even Spidey, even Peter, because of how Tony Tony shows him the YouTube videos or whatever, he's been Spider Man for a while. Yeah. So he has some experience. Right. Like he's he's not great at it yet, maybe, but he's has a Scott's just like totally doesn't know what he's doing he's just trying to be helpful yeah i mentioned that to you how i loved how they, they did it this way because they, they could have just had him be like okay i've been you know he when he gets introduced he could be like yeah i've gotten briefed on everything like i'm ready to go i know everything but no they decided to play it like a guy who really doesn't even know what he just walked into he doesn't necessarily even know all the characters at one point he calls hawkeye aerial guy yeah aerial guy. You Thanks, know? Aerial guy. and i love the idea of just throwing this dude who's like Kind of stuck in the middle of this. Doesn't necessarily even know what the hell's happening. Yeah. He's just like kind of happy to be there or happy to even be considered for yeah, this. Yeah. Just in the middle of this fight. And like actually actually plays kind of a pivotal role. Yes, definitely. But, but it makes it so funny. Like he added this ele- this comedic element to it that was great. And to have a guy like Paul Rudd delivering those lines, yeah, he, he just nails it. There's like, there's literally no one else I can think of that would play this role as well as Paul Rudd does. Um, <laughs> it's so good. It's so perfect. And that's the thing about Marvel. You know, we've talked about this before. They just do such a good job with casting. Yeah. They've done it. Uh, I'm going to go back to Tom Holland. So we also get to see Aunt, Aunt, Aunt May, Marissa Tomei. Oh, looking, looking, mm, looking great. But, you know, so much so that in kind of a wink and a nod to the audience and some of the internet trolls when, when they announced that yeah. Marissa Tomei was going to be Aunt May. You know, they were like, oh, she's too young. She's too hot. So we, we get Tony drops by you yeah. know Peter's apartment, Peter and May's apartment, and he's kind of hitting on her. <laughs> right. Like he's like, Oh, you're way too hot to be an aunt. You know, like and it's that's kind of funny. And it's definitely Tony's the character to do that with. Right. You know, because it's sort of in his character. Um Let's stick on that though. Yeah. Unless you were gonna go somewhere no, else. Because no. I it, it made me think a lot about Iron Man three. How um, what I really li- one of the things I really liked about Iron Man three was was there was a lot of a lot of it was Tony outside of the suit, and a lot of this movie is Tony outside of mm-hmm. the suit, and a lot of Iron Man three was Tony interacting with the kid, and 
and it was a great dynamic because like Tony's the kind of guy who's just brutally honest and he doesn't necessarily like you know he doesn't pander to anyone he's not he's just him he's always him he's always him and when you play him alongside someone who's like young or immature it's just really funny because like he never changes and it's like oh like most people would change when they were talking to a younger person he always stays the same yeah. But I feel like he had the same kind of similar dynamic with with Tom Holland as, as Spider-Man. Yeah. And those guys really meshed together really well. They really did. And it really makes me look forward to Spider-Man Homecoming. And now the news that, that RDJ is going to be Tony Stark in Homecoming. Like, I'm even more jazzed for that. Oh, yeah. Because, you know... Okay. Because, uh, you know, like, it, uh, they, their dynamic was so good in here, right? And... Uh, what I also like, though, is that they show, even though Peter is a neophyte and he he certainly is a little bit of a fish out of water here, th- he still has his boundaries. Yeah. You know, he's still he's still very strong of conscience and, and of, of mind where he there, he'll only you can only push him so far before he's like, OK, but that's it. Like and he shows strength, strength of character, I guess, is the best way to put yeah. it. Which is a really important quality to that character, and I'm glad that they were able to kind of fit that in there, even if they did it in kind of a humorous way. Yeah, and I like that he's he's still a young guy. They didn't try to play him as this dude who's just completely altruistic and just like, oh, I just want to do good for society. He's he's kind of figuring things out. You know, he knows that yeah, his skills can be valuable, but he's not necessarily just oh, I need to I need to you know I need to to do the right thing. Like he's kind of like he doesn't really know what to do. He's kind of stuck in the middle. He's looking for guidance. And 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 when you yeah. have like a strong almost father figure like character and Tony come in, right. it makes sense that he would just follow him and he's like he's almost like taking his cues from him the whole time. Yeah. Which I thought I thought was really cool and like it makes me it makes me really excited to see what they're going to do with Homecoming because I feel like it's going to be a lot of the same dynamic. Also on that note, you know, towards the end of the air air uh the uh Airport, the airport scene. scene. Yeah, Tony checks on Peter. Yeah. at the end, and is is concerned, and he even tells even, him like, yeah. "You're out. You're done. Like, you did great, but you, you're we're not putting you in any more danger here. Like, you're good." And so that shows that the dynamic kind of goes both ways. Like yeah. maybe Tony is, you know, sort of taking a shine to him a little bit. It's almost like not necessarily a father figure, almost like a stepdad. I would yeah. say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like someone who's got. Who can be a father figure, but like the kid doesn't necessarily feel like he has to necessarily follow everything he says. Like right. he'll he'll consider so it like a welfare, but he's still very much his yeah. <laughs> he's still very much his own person, and like he can make his own decisions. And yeah. that's that's I think the dynamic they're gonna play with going forward. Yeah, I think it looks great. I mean, but do you think Tony makes a move on Aunt May? I don't know, man. Because here's the other thing, and it's weird because they kind of devoted quite a few lines of dialogue to this. Yeah. The whole Pepper Potts yeah. thing, um, you know, she's not in the film. Gwyneth Paltrow's not in the film. You're right. I forgot and about that. And there's this whole, like, C storyline about... Her Tony, just not being around. Yeah, Tony and, and Pepper taking a break. Yeah. And and how that's hurting him emotionally. It's giving him stress. You can see it, like, in the character. It's just really interesting. <laughs> we got a cameo there. From, uh, That's right. My wife just walked in, and, and um, the yeah. cat is now meowing at her. Yeah. That's fine. That's cool. It's like a little soundtrack. It's like a little meow meow. It's like a Black Panther, yeah. if you will. Oh, yeah. We got Panther. our own little Black Panther yeah. cameo. Yeah. Thank you, T'Challa. <laughs> um, T'Challa in the house, guys. 
Um, but so there's this, yeah, there's this whole thing with, with, with Pepper Potts and how the toll of being a superhero, even for somebody like Tony Stark, maybe is more than he's willing to give up. Like he seems very distraught by the whole thing. And I think in some ways that maybe is what pushes him to make some of the decisions he does because he's just like, he, I feel like looking at it now that maybe some of his pushing for the registration, the Sokovia Accords, all of that stuff, is he wants normal life. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like he's trying to get his life to be normal to a point where he can enjoy his relationship with Pepper Potts instead of being drawn to being Iron Man and having this That's other responsibility. Maybe I didn't not. Even think about that. I just thought, kind of thought about that right now. But I didn't even think about that, but in a way, it makes sense, because it does it does kind of take a little bit of the burden off of the superheroes, where all of a sudden it's not just like, I need to be on top of every bad thing that's happening in this world and try to stop it. Now it's like, okay, there's more of an organization behind it, right? Where it's yeah. like, now we have the United Nations involved, and like they can let me know when stuff is happening, and like... I can almost have more of a semblance of a normal life, right. potentially. I didn't right. even think about that, but I yeah, think that's that's a good it's point. Important. I'm definitely going to look at that. And we're, I'm, of course, going to see this again. Uh, going to look at that next time I watch it. Um, something else that I thought they did that was really cool. I know we're jumping around everywhere, but the beginning of the film, um, the, the thing that kind of sets off a whole bunch of, of different um, plot points within the film is that... Um, they kind of take something from the Civil War comic, and I like that they weren't married to the comic story. Oh, they definitely changed it's it. It's very different. Yeah. There's there's a lot of different things, but there are certain aspects that are kind of peppered in there that are straight either pepper from pots. the comic. Yeah, the pepper pots in yeah. there, either straight from the comics. Some of the dialogue is straight from the comics. Some of the imagery, and I'll touch on that in just a second. But one of the cool things is in the Civil War comic book, of course. It all starts off with there's a reality TV show that's centered around superheroes in the comic. It's the New Warriors. And because they're reckless and crazy, they end up destroying a school and all these children die right. and all this stuff. And that's what kind of gets the ball rolling. Spoiler alert. for Civil War. That's not a spoiler. Right. Come on. But in here, you have a very similar thing. It's very – it's different, but it has the same essence. You have Scarlet Witch trying to protect Captain America, who's already taken down – a bunch of the bad guys. Yep. And in doing so... And is facing crossbones at this point. Facing crossbones, yeah. right. And so in doing so, saving Captain America, um, and really through no fault of her own specifically, because it's crossbones that's causing the uh, explosion, but essentially there's an explosion in a building. It's like a UN building. And, you know, a bunch of... Some Wakandans die, like... I think it was Nigeria, actually. But the Wakandans were visiting oh, there. okay. So, yeah. there, you know, there's definitely innocents that were killed because of it. And so, I like that, that Marvel is smart enough to say, okay, we are not going to be able to do this exactly the same, but we're going to take the essence of what that is and the tragedy that right. that is and poured it over into the film in a way that makes sense for our audience. Well, I think... Uh, honestly, I think that was probably one of the first decisions they made was like, because to do Civil War, the comic book, I mean, that that involves hundreds of superhero characters, you know? Yeah. And like, I think they decided we're going to make, we're going to make a more kind of intimate version of this story where we're just yeah. going to take the characters that we have, we're going to add two main guys in, in um, Spider-Man, Spider-Man and, and, and Black Panther. Yeah. But outside of that, you know, we're going to use the characters that we have already to tell the same story. 
And I thought it was smart. Like, yeah. it totally worked. But see, I, I think it is smart, but I think if you look at the trailers, I really felt that it was going to all center around Bucky. And just right. whatever Bucky does, like, that was going to be the impetus for everything else. But that actually wasn't the case. And that's really interesting to me. Um, the other thing that we heard before the movie came out was that this was still going to be a Captain America movie. And even though I still feel like, I do feel like Captain America got plenty of screen time, I do kind of think this could have been an Avengers movie. Definitely. I think I think Tony, and I don't have numbers to back this up, but I feel like he had pretty pretty equal screen time to, to Rogers, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it's close. Pretty close. It's pretty close. I mean, it's definitely close enough to where you'd have to you'd have to look yeah, really right. hard to, to figure it out. Um, okay, let's so let's go back to Zemo, right? Because we didn't really get to touch that much on him because of his role in this film. But essentially, Zemo, you know, and he, I, this is something that I really liked that Marvel did with the script in this film is that he, through some machinations of what he does, essentially ends up pitting um, Tony and Cap against each other. And it's it's revealed, you know, uh, it's revealed that Bucky is the one that killed Tony's parents. Now, he was under the mind control, uh, you know, of the Russians or whatever. But Zemo is the one that, that kind of causes that. He actually has... Like, no physical threats to anybody at no. any point in the film. There's no and, even hint that he has any physical powers. And he even says that. He says... Now, he's like a black ops trained Sokovian, like, general or something, right? But he he even says, greater men than me have tried to defeat you all and have failed. I do not think that I could. But if I could get you to fight amongst yourselves, you'll do it for me. Which is really smart, and like to me, that right there, that's what they should have done with Lex Luthor. I, it's funny <laughs> you went there because that was the first. That was the thought that was in the back of my mind that I was going to say was right, like, right after that. I was like, how did Marvel write a better Lex Luthor than Warner Brothers with Lex Luthor? And it's funny, like there's so many similarities with BBS, but 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 this movie just does all those things so much better, and that's a perfect example. Baron Zemo is just this guy who's trying to pit these guys to fight each other. But you can see what he's doing in the movie. It makes sense. There's there's lots lots of it. impetus to it. He lost his entire family. Literally every like almost, he's, he basically says everyone he ever knew right. died in Sokovia when when all of that happened. So yeah, man, that's a real. But the thing is, he's also is insane. I mean, is like driven to madness as he is. The best thing about him. And it's actually why I like that character a lot, even though I don't know what you can do with him moving forward, is that he understands that he's fighting gods, essentially, these mm -hmm. superpowered people, and he's just a man, and he's humble about it. Yeah. Whereas Lex Luthor was like, I'm better than you, Superman. I'm better than you, Batman. I'm above you all. And he's not. He really wasn't. And yeah. so... It, it just came Which off. Which is as, also just a dumb it, way it came, to think when yeah, one guy's a god and you're it came a human. Off, it came off as bratty yeah. and just insolent. Whereas Zemo was like, he was just so shake, you know, so shaken by everything, so grounded. There was so much. It was, his his pain and anger were so grounded to me. Yeah. Um, that it made him much more believable and more dynamic of a villain. Uh, now, granted, yeah, in terms of like what he actually does, nah, doesn't do that much. Right. He just essentially gets them in a room and shows them a videotape. 
Right. This isn't the same thing as Loki from the first Avengers movie. He's not that involved. Yeah. Really. He's more of a background guy. Yeah. And he's he's orchestrating the 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 big conflict that you're seeing, but he's kind of in the back. Yeah. You don't necessarily see him, but that's cool. I, I actually like what they did. It's very there. different. It's just very different in. You know, I've read a few reviews uh, that sh- that people were like they didn't like the Zemo character. They thought he didn't have enough to do, and th- but I kind of think like, no, that's probably the way you got to play it. Because how are you going to take these guys out? Right. Like you're not super powered, so yeah, you got to figure out a way to to play on their emotions. And in a way, it was kind of refreshing to not have another big bad who's just this fucking you know this badass who for the an hour and a half of the movie is unstoppable and then you figure out how to kill him at the end you know we like we've been there we've done yeah. that a million times yeah. it was cool to have a bad guy who was or a quote unquote bad guy right cuz i think you could even understand where he was coming from really yeah and that was another cool thing i liked about this movie it didn't matter where you lined up um you can understand like you you, you could see everyone's viewpoints you can understand where they were coming from which yeah. Not to keep harping on BVS, but that was a big problem with BVS. I didn't really understand people's motivations in that movie. Right. They're Here, a- they're really clear. Is, they're yeah. really clear and they're laid out. And even if you lined up with Team Cap or Team Iron Man, I think it was easy to, to see the other viewpoint and see where they were coming from, at least. Respect it to a point. Um, and I thought that um, with Baron Zemo, that, that was, they did that really well. And they didn't need to make him another big bad. Yeah. Like, and and I, I like I said it. I thought it was refreshing. It was different. And he was almost like a Bond villain. Yeah, in a right. way. You know, and one of the more like subtle Bond villains, not like the crazy ones with like you know claw hands and stuff, but like I don't know, like it's just a normal guy that's pretty <laughs> right. smart and thought this out and is driven and ambitious because of the tragedy that has befallen him. Um, so let's see. Should we talk about the actual you know Team Cap versus Team Iron Man? issue because one of the cool things i liked about this movie was it was also kind of political yeah like you could draw a lot of parallels between the arguments that they had on both sides with with even like current politics and we won't get into that specifically right, like but, I, but like right that. but i'm just saying like it, it was it, it made it a little bit more um i dare say the word sophisticated when it comes to comic books but sophisticated than other comic book movies that are a little paper thin and just kind of very simplistic good versus bad yeah here there was some layers to it and it was uh, you know you could kind of see both sides and yeah i thought that was cool because it, it it got me more invested in it where like i actually kind of liked seeing the characters yeah. debate you so know and talk to each yeah, other and, and also, that's something that's not common in comic book movies and something you asked me after the film especially because because spidey you know we were told spidey like jumps sides and stuff he doesn't right he stays no. with tony right and you asked me you go well are you team tony now are you team iron man and i go you're gonna hate my answer right because <laughs> it was it was a punt it was a hedge because they both have very valid points of view in the story and what they're what they're arguing both ways makes sense and and there's definitely reasons to to side with either or even both and i think that that was great that that they were able to do this narratively with this story because otherwise the whole thing would have fallen apart yeah but besides having the most amazing action sequence <laughs> right i've ever seen in a superhero film why don't we touch a little bit more on that? Because that sequence is so big. Let's touch on that a little bit more, and then maybe we'll go into the. We're the back end. touching things. Is that yeah. what's happening? Yes, yeah. uh, both hands. Um, oh, interesting. Uh, <laughs> and then we'll go, we'll go into the post credits. Okay, sequences. yeah, let's do it. So for the for the uh, airport sequence, that's what we keep calling it. I think that's what everyone calls it. 
You know, it's so funny because I saw I saw like one meme that was like Civil War in the comics and it was a big splash page. And like you said, there's like dozens, if not hundreds of characters all about to fight each other. And then it's like Civil War in the movies. And it's like me. There's like five and five people (laughs) like running toward each other. But that being said, once they start throwing down, holy crap. I mean, you see you have and the crazy thing is you have humor. There's a there's humor with Bucky and Falcon and Spidey. Mm-hmm. Like we get just a taste of Spidey in the trailer, but he's like that throughout the whole thing. Right. Like everything he does. At one point, he remarks that Cap's shield just defies the laws of physics, <laughs> right. which is great. Um, you know, uh, he's very quippy, and which is ex- I mean that's what he is in the comics, and we've yeah. never had this Spidey before. In yeah, the and the thing is. I think some of that comes from, like, he's so strong, and they show that. They show how strong he is in this film. By the way, this is another line that I didn't ask you about, but at one point, I think it's Falcon who says to Spidey, people don't talk this much during fights. Yeah. And it was a funny line, because I think it was, like, making... It was a reference to the fact that Spidey is, like, the wisecracking dude in the comic books. Yeah. And, like, sometimes you read comic book panels, and it's, like, in the middle of a fight, and he's got, like... He's saying this whole dialogue, and he's like, how is this even saying this while he's fighting? Yeah. I think that was a clever little way of, like, you know, making that joke. Yeah, definitely. Um, but anyway, that was like no, a... No, it's good. I love how they draw attention to all that stuff. Yeah, right. Because it is what makes the character the character. Um, you know, so, I mean, also Spider-Man's movements were great, just like with Black Panther, and I'm totally with you on that. I think the way they made Black Panther fight sort of like a panther, like his movements were very stealthy in a lot of ways and powerful. Um, you know, Spidey's agility was definitely shown. Um, yeah, for sure. Not uh, just agility, but strength. Yeah, his you know, strength. Blocking yeah. a punch from Bucky. Blocking a punch from Punchy. Oh, Punchy. Punchy Bucky. Punchy. Good old Punchy. Punchy, no. Um <laughs> But yeah, so you, you see him bouncing around. His movements were straight out of the comic. Um, giant Man. You know, I, I again, I had no idea that was going to happen. And that yeah. was such a treat. And I really like... The, it was like... The, the way they write these Marvel movies, some people say is they done, they're a little dumbed down. And I, I can kind of see that argument. But at the same time, they want the audience to have fun. Yeah. You know, and be in on the joke when it needs to be. Because at one point, Tony's flying around and he goes, you know, this is after Scott becomes Giant Man. And Tony goes, okay, if anyone else has any unexpectedly awesome (laughs) hidden superpowers that, you know, they want to do right now, that'd be great. Let me know. Yeah. Yeah, Let me know. And because, like, Giant Man's just tearing (laughs) shit up, you know? So I like that they sort of reinforce things for the audience just in case you weren't already having fun here's another chance for you to jump in yeah i felt like as far as dumbing down content this this to me didn't feel as dumbed down as some of the other stuff because i think there was an actual there was an actual debate at the heart of this movie that i think was actually really well done and like i like i said i thought the fact that they that they had both viewpoints well represented and you can see both sides. Yeah. It's not an it's not an easy thing to do in any movie. No, no, you, not you, not even in like a drama or no, like a, like you a tend to fall on one side or the other. And as much as I'm team Iron Man, like I there were definitely parts where I was like, Oh, okay, yeah, I could definitely you know, I can understand the other side at this yeah. point. Like 
yeah, I, I understand why, why they're arguing for what they're arguing for. So, um, anyway, well, we have, for the airport scene. Oh, the airport scene. Yeah, sorry, there, I keep going. No, 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 it's okay. But <laughs> was there any anything so, that yes. particularly stuck out for you that you the wrote? so taking down Ant Man was a big was a great mm-hmm. moment because that was a that was actually one of the one of the one of the better Spider Man moments where yeah. he was the one who essentially was the person who took down Ant-Man, or yeah. at least had the idea for it. Right. And he, and well, the, no, and he and, was very important in that process because he was the one swinging around. Right, right. Um, well, he was the guy creating the webs, right? Yeah. Um, me webs. Me, me webs. Uh, weep, weep, me webs. But in the, in the most awesome way possible by referencing Star Wars Star- in the movie, yeah. like actually referencing Empire Strikes Back. Referencing it as that really, really, really old movie. <laughs> which, right. which just... Like illustrates how young he is, but also like how all the other characters are actually older than him. Yeah, and um, even even like some of Iron Man, I think War Machine gives Tony shit. He's like, "How old is this guy?" And Tony's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't have time to check his ID or whatever." Like you know, like he's just like, "Look, he's helping." Like, but it was so cool because like he he took the idea, and I was even thinking that when they when Ant Man showed up, I was like, "Oh, they could just do the at at thing and just tie his legs up and he'd fall." And yeah. they ended up That's doing they, it. That's exactly what happened. Awesome. And I love that. Yeah, it's that's my favorite part of Star Wars. So when I when that whole thing got referenced, I was just like, "Oh, this is this is too good." Like so good. And because uh, Ant Man was really really turning the tide for them. Uh, yeah. Once he got big, like he totally. It was. I think of all the awesome moments in this movie, Ant Man turning into Giant Man was the coolest part of the whole movie. Not only that, that's a really easy effect to mess up. Yeah. To fuck up. Right. Like you could. It'll look hokey. It'll right. look dumb. It, it, Attack of the Thousand Foot Woman. So or many ways to make that look terrible, and it worked. They, they, the Russo brothers again did a fantastic job. Oh, it looked awesome, and and to keep it on the wraps was really cool too. Because yeah. that was a huge surprise. I did not see that coming at all. All right, now as much as we've been glowing about everything with this airport sequence, which by the way, in case you were wondering, is totally worth the price of admission. Just. That sequence. Well, you actually wanted to go back in to like a different theater and just just to see just if we got like that if that sequence is on. Yeah. Yeah. So, but let's 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 go a little down note a little maybe here. Okay. Because we unfortunately, I guess you could say, get a whiff and and this guy <laughs> joins in the fray, looking like he's maybe gone to a few too many TGIF Fridays. <laughs> uh, I'm of course talking about. Hawkeye. Oh God! My name's Clint. Who cares? Who cares? Was your one of your favorite lines from uh, Black Panther? Oh, I love that. That was another reason why I love Black Panther. His reaction to Hawkeye saying "My name is Clint" and just going like, "No, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a care. I don't have time for this. (laughs) I don't have time for you." Um, And not even threatened either by him at all. He didn't feel. That's the other cool thing about Black Panther. At no point, regardless of whether he was winning or losing any particular fight, never appeared threatened. Never seemed to care. Was just always on attack. Was always ready to go. In fact, they painted him like a badass, like the kind of guy no one really wanted to fight against. Yeah, and he did not back down from a fight. Definitely so. did not back down. Like you could see him taking on the Hulk. Oh like, yeah. seriously, like no problem. Like, he, he would. would just he would it. try at least. He would yeah. try. Yeah. Right. So, but we do get some Hawkeye. By the way, man, Jeremy Renner. Uh, t- t- like, did they add you in at the last minute? Like, did you get no time to train? <laughs> right. Because he looked a little bloated. Dude looked a little. He didn't look great. Look, look, look. But they probably told him we need you to film like five minutes of action. So yeah, he's like, he's ah, I don't like I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna train for that. Yeah. Um, and and there were the other thing was that there were so many different moments where you thought maybe he's gonna die. Like immediately, I thought he was gonna die. Yeah. yeah. Like so many different times, oh. and he didn't. And how did that make you feel? Uh, it's you know what when Quicksilver died, 
I was like, it should have been Hawkeye. It should have been Hawkeye. It should have been Hawkeye, and I still feel that way. Yeah. And every movie that passes and he doesn't die, so I'm any... just like, what are we waiting for? And I mentioned this to you. Almost every time a, a, a big character showed up on screen, it got a bit of a reaction from the audience, especially Spider-Man. Uh, Black Panther definitely did when he Giant first Man. showed up. Giant Man got a huge, got a huge reaction. Pop. Huge, pop. huge pop. That's a literal and figurative. That's right, yeah. Uh, Hawkeye shows up, and it's just crickets. No one cares. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not alone. Like, I think he's just the most boring character. Nobody cares about this dude. Yeah. He's got the most boring power where he's just got a bow and arrow. It's over. Just fucking kill him. Yeah. Hashtag. What are we waiting for? Kill fuck it. Yeah. Um, oh, man, I was going to say something else and I can't think of it right now. Do you want to do you want to go into the end credit sequence? We can. But I, okay. I, if I, you I come feel back like I had to... other stuff to say. About the airport sequence? Uh, maybe. Was it, wanna... was it Bucky and Falcon getting wet? You know up? what? Let's talk about Bucky. We haven't talked about Bucky. Okay. Much. Because he He's... plays a huge role in this movie. He movie-ing. does. Um, by the... I mean... Okay, so we're already in the spoiler section. So yeah. I imagine if you've seen the movie, you don't really care about us spoiling this. But we find out late in the movie that he's killed Tony's parents. Obviously, he's killed them under mind control. Right. He's not really him... Tony, because I think most people would react this way, finds out and is super mad because Bucky's standing right next to him and he's like, oh, yeah, this he, motherfucker killed my parents. He's like, right I, next to him. He literally yeah. just saw a video. Right. Like I. And I it, by the way, okay, this is something we can definitely talk about. There's a lot of stuff that's really dark and, and adult, quote unquote, about BVS. The video where Stark's parents get killed, just as dark yeah. as anything in BVS. And uh, yeah, uh, seeing so it's not the like mom of a main character getting choked to death, yeah, that's a bit yeah, dark. So, so, and like Howard's like, he's just a face bash, <laughs> right. like, it's rough, but that just shows you Marvel can play like that too if they yeah, really want, right? Uh, it's, it's not like they can't, uh, but yeah, so we, we uh, going back to Bucky, right? So, obviously, Tony loses his shit, that creates kind of the big finale with, with those guys going at it, which was a great sequence. Oh, just back and forth. That, yeah. Bucky and Cap fighting Iron Man, Iron Man fighting those guys back. Ends with Iron Man using his, his blasters to blast Bucky Bucky's and... hand off. Metallic yeah, hand arm. off. His whole arm. arm. He just blows it um, A lot of the, the kind of debate in this movie is between um, Iron Man and... and and Steve Rogers, Captain America. And Captain America really just doesn't want the government to have so much power and influence over superheroes. Because he thinks that's a slippery slope. Slippery slope. Right. Uh, and and one of the things actually ends up happening where this, these superheroes get imprisoned, um, and which is really not necessarily what Tony wanted, right. but it was what Steve envisioned was like, if we get If anything, it's much... what Tony was trying to argue that he was trying to stop. Like, by right. cooperating now... We can prevent that from happening, and it right. really that turned out that that wasn't the right, case. Right, right, and 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 we actually find that the government maybe had more nefarious um, plans Agenda, in mind, and yeah. that and that was something that I brought to you up after the movie, where I feel like maybe that part of the storyline wasn't necessarily explored too much, and maybe it will be in the future. Uh, but um, you know that that's a big reason that that Steve Rogers and Captain America fight against Tony is that they they don't want they don't want that kind of you know that that uh, that kind of Geez, I don't know what the word is. Just arrangement, I guess, where yeah. the government has that much power, right. and that they can end up in prison. But by the end of the movie, they decide, ah, oh, fuck it, Bucky. Yeah, you know what? It's actually probably better off that Bucky just go away because <laughs> he's too dangerous to society. Right. And so now we're we're getting into the um, to the end credit sequence. That's right. That's the first one. Yeah. The first end credit sequence shows Cap talking to Bucky. Oh, and real quick though, before we get into that, one of the things I did want to definitely touch on because it was just so amazing visually 
is that in the Cap Bucky Iron Man fight, there is a sequence where Iron Man does the full blast oh, yeah. and, and Cap's blocking it with the shield, and it's straight out of the comic book. So cool. It looks so good. They did it perfectly. Kudos again to the Russo How brothers. cool was it that they waited to use Iron Man's blast until the end, though? Because yeah. I think it gave it a little bit a, a Cause more power. Because it showed you how... Like at how that far point, he's gone. Far he gone. Right? But also, before. just the fact that we hadn't seen that visually kind of made it more impactful too. Yeah. It was like the first time we saw it really in that movie. Yeah, it, and it showed up at the end in, in like the pivotal scene. Right. Um, but anyway, go ahead, finish it. Finish um, up your thought. Well, okay, so we we open the first end credit sequence with Steve talking to Bucky, and Bucky just essentially saying like, "No, this is what I want. I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a threat. You know, pretty much everything that that Tony, that Tony was, was saying. For, yeah." Yeah, uh, you know, and so ultimately they decide to put Bucky on ice because right. they don't know what else to do with him. Or, he, you know, he decides that there's nothing else they can do with him at this point. But the twist is that he's put on ice in Wakanda. Yeah. And Steve goes, hey, you know, if they find out you have Bucky, they're going to come for you. And Bosman says, in the most badass way possible, let them try. Yeah. You know, yeah. like... So cool. Oh, man. And but, then you see the Black Panther. But I did bring this up to you today, actually, which was like, does that undermine Steve's whole argument in this entire movie where, you know, more people died because of this issue and he almost killed some of his best friends. And at the end of it, he's like, yeah, you know what? Maybe maybe some of these guys who have incredible powers. I was thinking about that because you and I were talking about this earlier. But what was Steve's big thing the whole time? It was about... Being allowed to make the choice and not right. being told, and ultimately Bucky made the choice. Right. Yeah. So I think that goes back to it, and then I also think that brings up another thing, which is at the end of the day, I think Cap realized that Tony wasn't completely wrong. Right. With about, especially about Bucky and and keeping him out, or you know maybe even um, Scarlet Witch to. To extend it that way. Well, Captain's also kind of an idealistic guy, right? right. So I think he, he definitely feels like he can control himself. And maybe he feels like by, by association, the yeah. people in the Avengers will do the same. But they can't. Because right? they're not him. No right. one else is Captain America. Right. That's a good point. But I also think Tony, by the end, also realized, especially once the government put the you know Cap's Avengers in jail in that crazy underground water prison. The raft, I think is what they called it. Uh, that Tony realized that Steve was right yeah. because Steve was like, "Look, this is a slippery slope. We don't know where this is going to go. This, there's all of these reasons why this could be really bad." Yeah, and and so they were both right. They were both right. And they were both wrong. And I think, in some sense, they they both see that by the end of the film. Uh, yeah, I agree. And so again, another really great balancing act that is not something to take for granted. That's not an easy thing to do. It's and, like a, it's like a double switch. It's and they really they start the movie with them. Um, you know, still being the Avengers, then they kind of have a disagreement. They have this whole back and forth. It turns to actual physical violence. Then they kind of see each other's points. And by the end of the movie, they're like, all right, obviously there's still a little bit of animosity here, but they're kind of on the same page by the end of it. So like they've done this kind of magic trick where by the end of the movie, they're kind of back to where they were sort at the beginning, of. in a way. Like, there's there's definitely friction there. But, yeah. but yeah, Steve sends Tony the letter right. and essentially says, look, if, if you ever need me... And I think that's the thing. I I saw that, that package that he got with the Stan Lee cameo. Oh, yeah. Tony Stank. Tony Stank. Tony Stank. Um, 
so good. Mm. Uh, it wasn't just the letter. I think there was a phone oh. that was there, and so that phone specifically could get in contact with Captain America. And because in the letter he says, "If you need me, if you need any of us, meaning the people that are sided with Captain America, we will be there." Yeah, for you. Yeah, which was cool. Which, which is great. Yeah. Um, now, of course. There's a lot of underlying things that they would still have to resolve, and maybe they'll touch on that later. But you're right. It is kind of interesting how you go full circle. Right. It's like things are the same, but they're not yeah. the same. But that's good. That's a good place to, to yeah. leave everyone, and I'm really curious how everything is going to go moving forward. So the next movie, is that Doctor Strange? Is it the next I one? believe so, yeah. Which makes sense, because I think that movie is going to be completely separate from yeah. all of this stuff, which is good. Because you're kind of leaving everyone in a good place, just do something totally you know, in this totally different yeah. realm, and then come back at some point. Now let's talk about the final uh, end credit sequence. Why don't is, you go off yeah, on this? Because okay. you were probably yeah. so nerdgasming. Yeah, what it is is uh, Peter. Peter's there in bed, and he's all beat up from the fight from the airport fight. Some dude from Brooklyn. Him <laughs> up. Yeah, he goes. Uh, Aunt May's talking to him and. You know, she's like, what happened? He's like, ah, I got no fight. And yeah. she's like, well, what happened? You know, who was it? Ah, a guy named Steve. <laughs> from Brooklyn. He's from Brooklyn. Because <laughs> Peter's from Queens, right. you know? So, and she's like, oh, no. She's like, did he have any friends any that were bigger? And he goes, yeah. Because <laughs> you know, a giant man. And, uh, and whatever. But, like, uh, he's, like, fiddling with his, like, web shooter. And she comes in the room, and he, like, hides it, and he's just, like, you know, keeping to himself. She leaves, and then, like, when she leaves, he puts the web shooter out, and it's the Spidey symbol up on the wall. Yeah. Which is a straight thing from the 1960s comic. Yeah. Uh, which you know, he has like it's almost like a bat signal. Yeah, it's like Stark Industries, I'm sure. Yeah, it's got yeah. like it had a bunch of little techno right. shit around it, and I'm sure he's like linked up to like right. you know Friday or whatever like the <laughs> right. AI unit, all that stuff. Um. Yeah, man. It's just it was just really cool. And then Definitely. it said Spider Man will return. Yeah. You know, which which means even though Doctor Strange is the next film. Yeah. It's the next big one in the series. They're pushing yeah. Spider Man. For sure. They and they're right to do it. Well it's the next time we'll see these characters at yeah. least. Yeah. And and that's that's smart. Right. They're but it what also shows me is that Marvel, because this isn't Sony. Right. This has nothing to do with Sony other than Spidey's in it. They're they're playing ball. Yeah. They're I mean, just by putting that at the end, they're promoting a Sony film. Right. I mean, they are producing it with Sony, but they're promoting a Sony film. For sure. Who how are we living in this? I how know. is this not I mean, we are so spoiled. Spoiled as nerds, as geeks, as fans of this stuff. Because not only are we getting top notch acted, written, plotted, directed, you know, films, um, at least from the Marvel side. <laughs> Not only are we getting these, now we're getting cross company I know. characters. Yeah, it's the kind of shit that, like, even like when we were in in college, like the thought of this was crazy. Yeah, you know, like having. I remember one point you were like, "Oh, wouldn't it be cool if, like, in the next Hulk movie, like, you see Iron Man just like fly by at some point?" You know, like yeah. that. That was the extent of it. It was yeah. just like, "Oh, like maybe they would appear." Yeah. And like now we're getting this whole universe of like all these characters together. It's kind of insane. And it's like it's gotten to the point where these films are so successful that the companies, the movie studios, are taking notice, and they're. It's so funny that like that is what is allowing them, to, 
to talk to each other. Yeah. And to, it's what's going to make a, a possible Deadpool Spider-Man movie a, a possibility. Or an X-Men Avengers film. Do you think Deadpool line. with this Spider-Man would work? This particular Spider-Man? Maybe. Yeah, I'm Maybe. not sure how that would make it work, actually. It, it'd be interesting. I think... I just, I just think all those off-color jokes with like a kid who's basically a teenager might be a little weird. I just don't know. I'm not sure yeah. how they would. I, I have a feeling like Wade would have to earmuff him a <laughs> lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something like that. But all right, man. Uh, we're we're about you know an hour in. Any by the way, any other final notes on some of the characters we didn't talk about, like, like War Black Machine Widow. or Black Widow okay. or Scarlet Witch? Um, I mean, I think of all those characters. Um, so like Scarlet Witch gets that one really cool moment with Vision yeah which is really nice which they're teasing the whole Vision and her yeah. relationship which is cool which too. Is cool. yeah it is cool oh we haven't even talked about the best one of the best parts in the movie which one Vision saying paprika 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 <laughs> oh man like and you and I talked about this off the air literally with a word this character brings more enjoyment with one word in this film than the pretty much the entire BBS experience for me. <laughs> yeah, I laughed more at that, and I enjoyed that just one scene more than I think I enjoyed that entire. It's so good. Just it's paprika. Just... Hashtag paprika. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, if you're hearing the spoiler side, you already know what we're talking about, but see it again, and you're you know. Um, but ultimately, I feel I do feel like Scarlet Witch and War Machine kind of took a back burner. Even Black I, Widow. I thought Scarlet Witch had a cool. Oh, actually, no, I'm sorry. Black Widow actually had a couple of cool moments, yeah. especially at the beginning. Yeah, definitely. There was like an extended fight sequence. action sequence. Fight it was sequences. just her. Yeah, it was just her that like being great. a badass. Yeah. yeah, she was being on the chase sequence. Too. Yeah, right. Oh, oh man! And then uh, this is totally not having to do with those characters, but the Bucky bikes the bike. Oh, oh yeah, oh, that was so good. But but yeah, I mean, there's. Everybody gets at least a moment. A lot of characters get multiple moments. A few only get one or two. Yeah, and I, think, and I think War Machine. Is War Machine didn't get much, but he he did have a big kind of emotional moment because he's mm -hmm. the one that really gets closest to death in this movie. Yeah, and um and also I think was a big kind of galvanizing moment for for Tony, where it really kind of pushes him to to try to stop it. Really, yeah. you, you think he's gonna go get revenge, but really he comes to to. To, to Rogers as a truce, like, we just got to put an end to this. Yeah, he yeah. realizes the stakes are too high. Yeah. It's kind of funny that you say that because, uh, uh, you know, Rhodes almost dying galvanizes Tony, and Peggy dying yeah. galvanizes Steve. Steve, right. Like, that's what ultimately makes him decide, like, no, I can't back down on my stance on this. Like, because of the eulogy right. that Sharon Carter, which, by the way, we find out Sharon Carter is Peggy's niece. I still think it's weird. Hashtag that's awkward. I think it's awkward. That is awkward. Someone in the audience was even like, some of the nerds were like, ew. Yeah, yeah. Two generations of Carters? Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, you I sounded mean, very no, intrigued no, 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 man. No, 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 okay. No. I, was, I was thinking, I was, I was yeah. thinking of when they kiss and then Bucky Hashtag, and Falcon yeah. or yeah. smiling. Uh, by the way, oh, there's so many things in this movie. I'm there not going to get it all, but like the Bucky um, Falcon, Falcon interaction is great. It's like two guys who are both friends with Rogers, and I think they're almost like competing to be like who's, who's their, the best who's friend. His best friend. Like it's never actually stated in the movie, no. but that's their interaction. Yeah, and they're like they and it have plays this, out multiple it, times yeah. in the film. It's not just like once, right? Where like Falcon won't move his seat up. Like, <laughs> so like Mackie, Mackie's so great. Mackie's awesome. I love they, um, yeah, and that's just it. And I bet you if we watch this movie again and again, we're gonna pick up on more stuff. Every time. Well, I know you definitely will be watching it multiple times. Yeah, I definitely will. I, mean, I, I don't know if I will, but... I'm sure you'll see it at least one more time. I might. I don't know. I 
I don't usually watch movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't usually watch movies more than once in theaters. But this was the kind of one where I was like, ah, maybe. The airport sequences. Just the airport sequences is so fucking cool, man. Um, Outside of that, though, yeah, I mean, I think War Machine... I don't know. War Machine definitely is like the lowest on the on the Him hierarchy. and Hawkeye are yeah, they're at the bottom of the totem pole. Yeah. And it shows. And that's okay. I mean someone has to be. That's right. Uh but I think I got everything else I wanted to say about the movie, man. Anything any final any final comments or anything else? I enjoyed it so much. It was right up there with Star Wars Force Awakens, which I enjoyed immensely. Let's um, do this to close out the show. Yeah. Uh and this is just kind of a very early thing, but where does this rank for you? Like when you're talking about comic book movies, like this is such a typical nerd conversation. Like, what's your favorite comic book movie? Right. What, what are your top three, top five? Where does this Where does this one sit at this moment? It definitely sits nowhere further down. Now, are we just talking Marvel cinematic films? No, or just no anything. Anything. It's not any worse than three, for sure. Um, okay. With what are your Guardians of the Galaxy and the Sam Raimi second Spider-Man, Spider-Man Two? Yeah, it's hard for me to say this stuff because I still, I, you know, I feel like a lot of movies didn't age well, but like something like the original Superman movies, yeah, or or just so classic. The first, know? especially the first one, yeah, is really good. It is really good. They're so classic, and like That's, it's that'd be my top five. But it's also it's so kind of unfair to like compare that to this movie. You know because what I mean? What they can do like, now with special exactly. effects and the, the sophistication of just how to do. But when you go back and watch Superman, like it was like they, they got that character down really well. It has an awesome score to like, a way that they still can't now. <laughs> yeah, like the effects were like so advanced over their time, yeah. even though they look hokey now. Um, so it's really hard to judge. But I, I think for me, if I'm if I'm kind of looking at the last five years of comic book movies, I think this one is is like one. 1A and 1B with Guardians for me. I think it's that Guardians good. Guardians is so good, too. And, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, I think, definitely, if you use Iron Man, the first Iron Man movie, as the starting point of the new age of superhero films, right. then this definitely has to be one or one or two. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know what? In, like, a totally kind of outsider movie, kind of wild card, is Deadpool. Like, I, I feel like Deadpool nailed it so well. Yeah. Um, just nailed that character. That I think that's in the running. But for me, I think I think the most successful comic book movies. I think this one has to be right up there with Guardians for me. Yeah, I think because this, this was the best Avengers movie, even though it wasn't an Avengers movie. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm. You're so. That's such an interesting point that you brought up earlier. That like, what if this had just been an Avengers film? Right. Like, would it have done even better? And I kind of think that that might be the case. But it is what it is. I'm just glad that we have it. Um, Dimple is actually coming out on Tuesday, so all you CBCers out there, uh, hope you could enjoy that when you get it, whoever's getting it, and if you want to throw any comments as to maybe how you would think Deadpool would interact with any of these characters. <laughs> That's right. Who do you think he would interact best with? In the comics, they do a lot of Deadpool Spidey stuff, but I think you're right, maybe this version of Spidey and Deadpool would be a little weird. I would love to see, I would love to see Iron Man and Deadpool. That would actually be really cool. I would cool. love to see that. That would be really cool. Well, um, there was up, there was actually quite a bit of news this week that we didn't cover because we wanted to do a whole Civil War episode. Next week, we'll come back to you with some more news. And also, this weekend's not done, man. You're still here, and we're going to free comic book day tomorrow. Yeah. So we'll see what comes out of that. Uh, and we'll probably have some more sh- stories to, to, to share. Yeah. We didn't even talk about our whole night of drinking with the nerd crew. We yeah. didn't even get into that. Yeah, and then the audience that was there with the, like, the one right. guy. The one guy. Yeah, <laughs> it's Falcon. It's Falcon. 
Yeah, there was one guy just <laughs> randomly screaming stuff at the screen. We didn't know what to do about that. Uh, anyway, we tried to cram as much information as we could into this one, but I think that'll be it for this week. Next week, we'll we'll have some more info, I guess, from your trip and also anything else that happens during the week. But until then, the Fortress of Potitude is closed. Stay super, everyone. Later, guys. Yeah.